tonight I'm not sharing on lessons from wars. Um, even though that's a very interesting subject, right? Yeah. I'm not sharing on lessons from wars, but I'm sharing on intercession. Intercession. You see, in our life, our eyes take pictures of events, but videos, let me put it well, our eyes, they take pictures of events. History gives us videos of events. Let me explain that before I add a third statement. Like I said, our eyes take pictures of events. For example, if I meet Gifty in the car, until I see her again, everything I know about her is the car. I don't know if you get me. Until I see her again, everything I know about her is the car that I saw her in and that is the picture of Gifty I see. The next time I see her again, probably she's in another car. It's another picture. So it's like I have pictures of Gifty. So our eyes take pictures of events. History gives us videos of events. When I talk about history, I'm talking about maybe there's, a hist- uh, there's an account of Gifty's life. History will tell me, oh, Gifty actually comes from so and so family. I, I see. I will read in history that, oh, she actually came from this family and the car was actually not for her. The car was for her cousin and she took the car. So by um, getting to know the full story, I have a video of the event. The Bible does not give us just pictures of events. It does not just give us videos of events. It gives us the videos and the behind the scene. Those who take videos will tell you there's something called BTS. BTS is behind the scenes. There is a part of the story that even if you were told will not be added. It is only the Bible that can give us a revelation. For example, usually when the, those people who are taking videos, cameras are, you know, when they are taking those videos, usually they, they have like a separate camera that is taking the BTS. That's taking the behind the scene. Because actually behind, behind the scene is not actually in the main production. But that behind the scene will sometimes give you a better perspective of what is actually going on, what actually went on. So the Bible gives us behind the scenes of, you know, different, different situations. For example, when Jesus Christ met this woman who was bent double, I mean, everybody around that woman would say, oh, this woman is really suffering. No. Why? Because she's bent double and she's walking and she's bent double. So everyone who sees that woman will say, oh, this woman is really suffering. Let's take her to the, to the hospital. It's, so let, let me give you an example. Everyone around that woman at that time is going to think, oh, this woman is sick. But when you look at the Bible, the Bible now said that Jesus made a statement. He says, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be 
loose from this infirmity. He said, and Jesus added, whom Satan had bound these long years. So the Bible now gives us BTS that this thing you are seeing, the behind the scene is that Satan had bound it. Did, not, did you not get it? If we saw her, we would just take a picture of her. Ah, this woman is sick. Then go and go away. If they wrote about it, they say, oh, this woman is sick because she ate this food and all that. But behind the scene, Jesus says that Satan had bound the woman. So, there are certain details that the Bible gives us. You know, the Bible is a spiritual book. There are certain details that the Bible gives us that increases our knowledge of the things that go on around us. It changes our reactions. You see, sometimes a lot of people don't actually live the Bible. When I say they don't live the Bible, it's like, let me explain. Do you know that when I teach, you don't take home what I taught you. You take home what you understood. Then what you understood will now influence your perspective. What you take home will now influence your perspective. It will now influence your interpretation of things. When you see... What, what, from whatever I, you, you learn from me, when you now go home, you now see through the lenses of what you understood. So you now make your judgments and have reactions based on what you understood. It becomes a lens for you. So the Bible gives us information about things that is supposed to help our reaction as Christians. So I'll give you an example. Let's look at Ezekiel 28, verse 1. Ezekiel 28 verse 1, it says, The word of the Lord came on, again unto me. Now this is um, Ezekiel the prophet. Sometimes, well, let, me, let me just help with this then we, we move from there. Sometimes, you know, some people argue because they do not understand. And Jesus one time told the, the, the Pharisees, this thing did not start today. One time he told them, he said, you err because you know not the scriptures. You err because you know not the scriptures. So, Ezekiel, okay. Go to Genesis. Let me show you something. Now, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? Verse 2 says, and the earth was all form and void. And that was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, verse 1 and verse 2. Are you here? Verse 1 and verse 2 is not consistent with the character of God. So, it almost looks like a wrong scripture. Let's go to verse 1 again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then verse 2, he says, the earth was out from and void. How on earth did God create something and it was without form and void? God does not create things without form and void. So it's not consistent with the whole body of truth. Because every time God created according to the Bible, it was with form and it had meaning. But this time around, the Bible is telling us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. So what we have here between verse 1 and verse 2, theologians call the gap theory. That means there's a gap between verse 1 and verse 2. Now, the way the Bible is, it's like a puzzle. 
All right? It's a puzzle. It's like a puzzle. When one scripture comes, when you find out that the next scripture is not really making sense with the first verse or the, the verse that is before it, it means another prophet is going to fill in that gap. That's what they call the gap theory. So another prophet, because Moses is a prophet, there are other prophets. So what actually you see in the Bible was, one prophet does not prophesy everything. So one prophet prophesies some, another prophet prophesies, another prophet prophesies some, without knowing what this prophet has prophesied, another prophet also prophesies some. So by the time you now start comparing them, you start realizing that, oh, so where this one did not get, this one actually filled in. So let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah 45. So Isaiah is going to talk about same thing Moses is talking about. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So let's see verse 18. He says, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth. Same thing, right? Is he talking about the same thing? Right? So he said, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens. Same thing matter but then Isaiah gives us another part of it he says that formed the earth and made it he had established it he created it not in vain the word vain there means he created none without void now so Isaiah is saying something opposite what Moses said so he says he created not in vain he formed it to be inhabited I'm the Lord and there's none else so Isaiah comes and says at this part he says he created not in vain so now we now start the understanding the gaps now we now start understanding the gaps so then your premise has to be correct so that your conclusion can be correct so then go back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 again in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We agree with Isaiah on that. Right? So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Makes sense with what Isaiah said. Verse 2, And the earth was that form and void, and that was born the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. But Isaiah too said, He did not create it to be formless and voidless. So then, it means, if we put Isaiah in the middle, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created it with form and to be inhabited. Then he says, and the earth was that form and void, which means, that means something happened between when it was made with, <laughs> do you get it? That means something happened between when it was formless and voidless, between when it is now without form and void. So Isaiah has given us the gap. Then Jeremiah also came. Let's go to Jeremiah 4. Okay, let's look at, let me start from verse 23. I beheld the earth. Hello? You hear you're going home. He said, I beheld the earth and lo, it was without form. <laughs> so you see, if you don't have spiritual understanding, you see the Bible contradicts itself. It does not contradict, it complements itself. 
He said, I beheld the earth and lo, it was without form and void and the heavens and they had no light. Genesis. And darkness was upon the face. Verse 24. I beheld the mountains and lo, they trembled and all the hills moved lightly. Verse 25. I beheld and lo, there was no man and all the birds of the heavens were fled. Continue. I beheld and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. Which now shows you that it was God's anger that brought a destruction that made it without form and void. Yeah, some people are just clapping back. Yes, still clap. You will understand. You will understand. Don't worry. You will understand. Because now, that now takes us back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Then now we can now ask intelligent questions and say, okay, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, it says, and the earth was that form and void. If this, eh, if this verse 2 prophetically just follows verse 1, like some people are sticking to the fire, no, no, it just follows it. Then, I want to ask a question to those people that ask that question. It says, and the earth was awful and void, and darkness was the face of the deep, complementing what Jeremiah said. It says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. How did the waters get there? If God just created the heavens and the earth. How did the waters get there? Then, you will now have to go and think and realize, oh, so when God was destroying at the time of Noah, he also used water. Oh, that means the first time he was destroying, he used water. That is why when he came to Noah, he said, I will not destroy the world with water again. So the Bible now has given us BTS behind the scenes of things. That's why it's called a revelation. You see, those who shoot BTS, they use different camera. You see, they want to reveal something to you that you wouldn't have seen. All you see is the video looking so nice, looking so beautiful. But there's another camera that is now going to show you something that happened behind the scene that nobody saw. The makeup. You see, all those are BTS. So we'll go to Ezekiel chapter 28. Verse 1. He says, The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyre, Thus saith the Lord God, because thy, hand, because thy heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, and sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, hold on, yet thou art a man, and not God, though thou set thy heart as the heart of God. Verse 3. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel, there is no secret that they can hide from thee. Verse 4. With thy wisdom and with thy understanding, thou hast gotten thee riches and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasures. <laughs> Continue. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic hast thou increased thy riches and thy heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Remember I told you, I said, there's a certain level of money that comes to you, you will be proud. <laughs> he said, your heart was lifted up because of your riches. So somebody said that. 
When women get money, they change. It's not women. Both men and, oh, both men and women. They all change. <laughs> Have you seen a man with money before? He does not listen to advice. Like a woman who has fallen in love. Alright, next, next verse. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because thy heart, because thou hast set thy heart at the heart of God, behold, therefore I will bring strangers upon thee, the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defy thy brightness. Okay, so from verse 1, go back to verse 1, Ezekiel 28, you see something there. And I'll tell you to, uh, you, you, you take notice of certain words from verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, verse 2, he says, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyre, if the Bible is for you, underline prince of Tyre. Prince of Tyre. He says, son of man, say unto the prince of Tyre, that say the Lord God, because thy heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, and sit in the seat of God, and in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, underline, thou art a man. Yet thou art a man. Alright. Now, this same Ezekiel 28, go to verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyre. Remember, in verse 2, he says, Prince of Tyre. Verse 11, he says, King of Tyre. He says, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Mm. Continue. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and the gold, the workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub. So, prince of Tyre is a man, king of Tyre is a cherubim. Prince of Tyre, he said, thou art a man. King of Tyre, he said, thou art the anointed cherub. So, prince of Tyre is on the earth. King of Tyre is a spirit. So, and you see a certain similarity between prince of Tyre and king of Tyre. Prince of Tyre was proud. King of Tyre was proud. So, you see that on the earth, you realize that some people, some nations, some, some presidents, some kings are acting a certain way. And you think the way they are acting is they have a bad attitude. No, there is a spirit that is infesting the soul of that nation. So Prince of Tyre is a man, but King of Tyre is a spirit. Controlling the affairs in Tyre. Book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 10. Verse 1. In the third year of... Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, and the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had vi- understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Um, go, go back to verse 1. Look at this. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, underline king of Persia, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel. 
I don't bore you with everything that went on over there. Let's go to verse 13. Ah, thank God. He says, okay, let's start from verse 12. Then said he unto me, remember that there is, we've talked about king of Persia. We saw in, in Daniel chapter 10 verse 1, the king of Persia. But in verse 12, he says, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. From the first day you started praying, he says, Gabriel, this is Gabriel speaking. Gabriel says, From the first day you started praying, he says, Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. All right? He said, I am come because of the prayer you were praying. Then verse 13, he reveals something. He said, By the prince of the kingdom of Persia which stood me, how can a human being withstand an angel? No, this is different. It's just like the scenario of Prince of Tyre and King of Tyre. So there is a king of kingdom of Persia and there's the prince of the kingdom of Persia. So Persia as a nation will find themselves winning. And because at this time, the, the world superpower at the time was Medo-Persia. They had the hegemony. They were controlling affairs in the earth. So they were so powerful. They were defeating every nation. They were winning against every nation. They were winning. They were winning, you know, and they were so powerful. And the, the prince of, 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 the king of Persia will think that he is powerful. He doesn't know that it is only time in the spirit for the prince of Persia. And that if that prince of Persia is removed, if that prince of Persia is dislodged, his kingdom will also fall. Are you here or you are gone? <laughs> so, if that king of Persia, so there are certain things that go on on the earth that people don't realize that this thing is um, almost like a video game. Have you ever played video game before? Huh? If you press box, if you are playing football, if you press box, the guy in there who press box, it doesn't matter how much you shout. It is only box that he understands. Come on. You can't say that you, are, you belong to me. Move. Prince of Persia, King of Persia. Ephesians 6. Verse 12. Very popular scripture we've used throughout this all night. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Hmm. Any darkness in this world, they are ruling it. Now, the king of Persia, king of Tyre, operate in rulers of the, of, the king, of the darkness of this world. They are rulers of the darkness of this world. The darkness in the world is ruled by them. So it says... We wrestle. But it's not against flesh and blood. Like I said, if you really understand the things that you learn in the house of God, your reactions will be different. There are certain things that will happen around you. You have to discern and realize that, no, I'm fighting the wrong person. I'm fighting the wrong person. For we wrestle. Not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world 
Then he says, against spiritual wickedness in high places or in heavenly places. These spirits are not wicked. They are wickedness. You'll be shocked what they can do. These spirits. Very wicked. How do we wrestle against them? How do we win against them? You know, today I was in a conversation with a, a dear brother. We, we literally grew up together. In uni, we were sharing the same bed. We were pitching. I have a conversation. And I said, I said to him, I said, Pastor, we could have turned out wrong. I tell you, we could have turned out wrongly. Because the work of these spirits is to make sure that you go in the way of darkness. It says we wrestle. We wrestle. <laughs> you, 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 have a, you have a brother or sister. You can't, you can't imagine, like, why, why is he not following me to church? Why is he not born again? We wrestle. Why is he not accepting to walk with the Lord? We wrestle. He can act in a way you're wondering, what's wrong with this person? We wrestle. Intercession. Intercession is one of the most powerful prayers in the body of Christ. One of the reasons is that it embodies both faith and love. We wrestle. <laughs> you know, let's say, for example, a cell leader goes to, says, oh, you've been made a cell leader. I just want to uh, just dramatize it a little bit for you so you understand. Say, oh, you're a cell leader from today. Then, I mean, you, you, the day you made a cell leader, you know, you were just thinking, wow, I'm going to save souls. I'm going to, you're going to do what? Sam, I'm going to shake everywhere. What did you say? Shake everywhere. I'm going to save souls. I'm going to bring them out of the bondage of the devil. That was how you said what? Bondage of the devil. Okay. Uh, uh, the demons will ask, so where, which area is it starting? Aoshi. Okay, call the manager there. <laughs> So, um, brother Daniel is coming to Awoshi. He says he's coming for soul winning that day. That day. The stubbornness you will see. You will be shocked. You might come back and say, Awoshi people are stubborn. No, you wrestle. Too many Christians, too many Christians are naive. Naive. They look at, 
Okay, think about it. Maybe you are here, you have done the same thing. I'm just telling you that that is what you just did. Think about it. Think about it. Anybody who wants to stop going to church, run away from the cell leader, first thing is they don't pick up. Like they never had a meeting to agree, but that's all they all do. <laughs> they just, they all don't pick up. Same memo. They are all on the same script. It will start by not picking up. Then, if it's a good thing they are doing, why is that after you pray, 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 they start picking call? You wrestle. I was telling my pastor friend today, I said we could, all, we could have all turned out wrong. You know why? Let me tell you. It is someone's intercession that has kept us here. Someone's prayer. We are, it's not like we are good. It's not that we are good dharma. Someone's prayer. Someone's prayer broke the hegemony of the devil over us. I was talking to him today. I almost, I almost cried. You know why? Because we watched a video of two thieves who were burnt alive. Look at your neighbor say we wrestle. <laughs> Someone said that, no, we walk by faith and not by sight. And you want to ignore... <laughs> Okay, so I said they burned the two thieves alive. These thieves went to stab. The reason why they burned them alive, they stabbed a pregnant woman and took her, her things. Very sad story. So when the people got them, <laughs> they just put tire on them, set them ablaze. I mean, these guys were. Then one of the, someone who knew them said that these guys started stealing, not today. They were doing it. They started, first of all, stealing in their mother's house. They were stealing small, small, small coins, small. Today, they've come to a point where, you know, it was so bad, they have to stab somebody to take the things. Well, he said, if tears filled my eyes, let me tell you why. Because when I was young, I was stealing my mother's money. You're laughing. I'm telling you. Let me tell you, it was getting, I understand exactly what happened to them because I started with coins as well. Big, small, small coins from the bag. After a while, I, I, the coins were not enough. Then started, something started happening. Now, I kind of could tell where money is. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I kind of could tell. It's like when I entered, because now they were wondering who has been stealing the money. And we are three siblings and the first option is me, though. <laughs> but I said it's not me. And you've not caught me. No evidence. So you've not caught me. So you go explain, explain, explain. My junior brother, what was happening was that when I started stealing, I started stealing to play game, to go and play a video game. And when I steal it, I'll go with my junior brother to go and play the game. So after a while, he started suspecting me that, ah, because every time I have enough money to play the game. Now, I started stealing big money. Stealing big money. One day, I needed, I wanted to take money so much that I was literally vibrating. And now, because things have been getting missing, they have locked everything. So there's this wardrobe over there and uh, 
there's a mirror that separates it's like there's a mirror all right so if you take out the mirror you will see where the money is and they've locked it now i was literally vibrating literally vibrating and i knew the money is there i just broke the mirror and i took the money and i vanish I don't know what I was thinking. That, am I not coming home again or what? I don't know what I was thinking. See, I get to understand how those boys got there. How they got to that place. It's demonic influence. So I said, you know why I'm very, very patient with people? Because of my understanding of this. When these spirits take a hold of a man's life, let me tell you something. Prisons don't reform people. They come back more hardened. Some of them in prison are still stealing. People don't know. People don't know. So you can't arrest them because the person you have arrested is already in prison. <laughs> He that is down means fear. No fall. He's already inside. You can't arrest him twice. Sometimes they, they, they come out and they do worse. Why? These are spiritual things. We could have turned out anyway. Look at you. I mean, some of you, you grew up so nice. We're good. Thank God for your life. Yeah. Some of us, no. We escape many things. I escape many things. After I took the money out, after I finished spending it, I was now thinking, hey. I walked barefooted to my grandmother's house. So as my parents were looking for me, they finally found out that I was my grandmother's house. I now begged my grandmother. I should beg them for me. My parents, <laughs> they came. My mother was ready to finish me. My grandmother said, because he came to me, you have to leave him alone. So they took me back to the house. I mean like this, ah, this guy. Well, it did not stop there. Continued. Took the power of God. Took the power of God. Took the grace of God. And I know it was someone's prayer. Someone was praying for me. Someone was praying for me. I know. I was telling, I was telling that my brother that day, um, today, when I called him, I said, I said, Pastor, do you remember when we were on campus? This. We could have turned out like those people. And I said, when you see people who make mistakes and never come out, nobody was praying for them. Nobody was praying for them. Okay. What does it mean to intercede? I want, to, I want to define it for you. To intercede is to stand in place of one in a matter to effect the necessary changes. For us to understand why intercession is important or why intercession works, we would need to understand the justice system of God. Remember, midweek I told you true wisdom is not a simple matter. 
Those who ask foolish questions like, if he is God, why is he, why doesn't he just forgive us? Why doesn't he just, you know, all those are stupid questions. When you go to, when you, when you go to study mass, you don't say why, why can't they just make one plus one eleven? Why? Because this one, this is one, common sense, make it eleven. You have to understand the math. You don't say if it is come, if, if it is like this, it should be like this. You have to come and understand the math. So anybody who wants, obviously, he that comes to God must first of all believe. You have to come first, believe, and understand how this thing works. So if anybody wants to understand the intercession, the, or the, or the subject of intercession must understand the justice system of God. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 18. There's a very important phrase there. Romans 1, 18. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. So that's where, where I want, that's what I want, I wanted you to see. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. The wrath of God. What's the wrath of God? It means the anger of God. That means God has an anger. So there's the wrath of God. It is revealed from heaven. And people did not know the wrath of God. It's, it was revealed. So in the book of Romans, it says, for the wrath of God is revealed. So let me explain. He's a good God. Can I have three people? Which one, please? And Andy, Frank. So, I've explained this before, but I'll just do it again. So, Richmond here is God. <laughs> All right. The way he's looking very God, like white, very white God. Yeah. <laughs> Let me not go there. So, He's a good God. All right? He is a father. But he's also revealed in Bible as a judge. So, as a judge, his throne of judgment is at stake if he makes the wrong judgment. At stake to what? He holds himself accountable. So, his throne, Bible says that the foundation of his throne is judgment and justice. That's the foundation of the throne. It is judgment and justice. So, he made Andy. But Andy, go back to Romans 1.18. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Now, Andy is being influenced William, come. So, just for the sake of what we are doing, hold his, his, his shoulder and influence him. No, 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 stand behind him. <laughs> yeah, influence him. And while he's influencing him, be doing the wrong things. <laughs> you see, now this is it this is it while Andy is doing the wrong thing okay he loves him but because of the wrong thing he can't bless him he can't fellowship with him. He can't be with him 
but he loves him. But he can't say he's going to overlook what he's doing and go to him. So, now why can't he do that? Because it's not a personal matter. Now there is a throne which has a foundation of judgment and justice. So, let's put it in, 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 in the way we will all understand it. Let's say there's a judge and he's your uncle. But then he went to do something wrong. If he, if he judges the matter in your favor, is he not a corrupt judge? He's a corrupt judge. So God is also a righteous judge. The Bible calls him a righteous judge. And because he's a righteous judge, he cannot rule in favor of Andy, even though he loves him. Now, if Andy, listen, this is where the science of intercession is. If Andy have, has gone to beg him, he can do something about it. But Andy does not want to beg him. Why? Because of this man. <laughs> Are you getting it? Andy does not want to beg. He does not even understand that I can go and beg. He says that I will live my life. I'll live my life. And this guy knows that the life you're living, one, is not bringing you to me. Two, is going to put you somewhere that you're not supposed to be. So, you're lo- so, so look at him, you know, with love. You know what I'm saying? And you don't care about him. <laughs> right? No, do it again. Let, let me see. <laughs> and you are looking at him. You know, you want to help him. But that's... Now, the, a very clear example of this is when Jesus was on the cross and he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabathani. Why? That's... That's God's son. But the moment our sin came on him, God has to walk away because of the throne. So, Richmond now sends for Frank. Send for Frank. <laughs> then he tells Frank, Frank, pray for him. Intercede for him. No, you don't? That's not how. Okay, let me explain. You stand here, you stand here. I'll show you. So the intercessor, this is the poster of the intercessor. Not because this guy is wicked and we need to beg him. No. Because it is required that there should be intercession for him to be able to act because of the throne. So, well, this guy is doing what he likes. So, the intercessor is here. He is this guy's friend. When he sees this guy's life, he's moved. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? He almost always by the influence of him, will now feel this way about him. This guy does not even like him. He doesn't want to go with him to church. He doesn't want to love God. He's like, leave me alone. I want to live my life. But from the story, BTS, we know that it is because of this guy. Someone say we wrestle. So then this guy here, 
Não tens. Estás praying. Estás praying. Estás praying. Now, I thought on concerning intercession that you will need a connection with this person. Because it's the connection that will make the intercession legit. Pay attention. At that time, in the, in the mind of justice, I want you to get this. In the mind of justice, when this guy here came here and began to pray, it is recorded that it is this guy that came to pray. Let me explain. Have you ever been to court? Have you ever watched a court proceeding? Most of the time, people pick lawyers. Right? Is the lawyer speaking for themselves? They are speaking for who? If they, if they, they, they win the case, who, who is going to, who's going to go free? If he doesn't win the case, who's going to go to jail? The lawyer? The person. But it was the lawyer speaking for him. Because in the court proceeding, the guy, the culprit, is the lawyer. Even though the lawyer is speaking for him. Most of the time, the reason why the lawyer will have to come and speak is the lawyer understands the courtroom protocol. Because there's a protocol. In intercession, there's a protocol. Because at that time, you are dealing with the justice of God. Even though he's a father, he's also a judge. There will have to be evidences. There will have to be... So while this guy is praying like this, as you are praying, you are crying. He now sent this one to go and take care of this one. Then all of a sudden, this guy is coming to his senses. He's coming. He's coming to his senses. He's coming to his senses. Before, if this guy, come, if this guy had gone to preach to this guy, this guy was in, oh, my friend, get out of here. Now, this guy will now go and preach to this guy. This guy said, you know, I've been thinking of late that I want to go to church. Why? Because this guy has been dealt with. Thank you. Hmm. If your life of intercession has not started, you have not started a walk with God. It means you don't have true friendship with God. Why? Because all he sees is the perishing of the souls. All God sees is the perishing of the souls. But anytime you come, you are thinking of what you can get. Now, I'm helping you to understand that 
in intercession. God is not neutral, waiting for someone to come and beg him. He is the one actually orchestrating what is happening. But he needs this guy because this guy has a connection with this guy. He knows him. So he will, he will need that. So we are not, in, in the story, I'm showing you that this guy is praying to this guy. But I need you to understand it in the jury sense. For example, your uncle is a judge. He wants to get you out of a case. He cannot just rule the case out. He'll have to tell you, get a lawyer. Get a good lawyer. When you come say this, let him say this and that and that. If he says everything, I'll pass you. So we are not praying, as it were, just to God for him to do something. But then we are actually with God, you know, in, in getting this done. So same thing happened for us to understand God's mercy. God's mercy. This is Lot. This is Lot. Lot is enjoying himself in Sodom and Gomorrah. He doesn't know there's destruction coming. This is another kind of intercession I'm explaining. Then Abraham is also sitting somewhere. Remember, God, at that time, the Bible says that the cry of Sodom had gone up to heaven. Now, I want to explain that. Because now, when it comes to Sodom, we are not dealing with... Okay, can I get four more people, please? Four more people. Don't worry, you're not Sodom. It's just for the... Gather, gather around here. This is Sodom. <laughs> now, I, I need to see some Sodomic moves. <laughs> right? In Sodom, come here. Now, this Sodom, they are, they are partying. They are enjoying their life. They are doing what they want. Remember when I was teaching about lots? Anybody who enters Sodom, never, not these guys, never, but it's just, this is an example, never. Anybody who enters Sodom, they, they welcome you with Sodomy. Yeah, that, when, <laughs> no, no, that's how they welcome you in the city. That you were a guy, you just entered here, so wow, you need to be um, initiated. Lot had two daughters who were married, but the Bible says they were virgins. But they don't like women in that city. The men don't, he, 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 the men don't like women over there. They like fellow men. So angels had come, fresh angels. <laughs> I come to visit Lot. And he said, Charlie, bring them out, bring them out. Lot said, I beg you, just take my daughter. He said, look at this foolish man. When did you come here? My friend, bring us the angels. And the Bible says, that they, they said that so that we'll have our spot with them. That means everybody, including the little children, Want to rape those guys. So you can see the amount of wickedness that had gone up to God from Sodom. Now, the thing about God's justice is it does not happen immediately. Why? Because the Bible says he's slow to anger. So he's, in his justice, usually it prolongs. Why? He's giving them the opportunity to change. Why will he eventually have to do it? Because anytime people are bad, they are bad to somebody. So the person's cry to has gone to God. So in being over merciful, you also deny justice for some people. So these guys, 
and Sodom, the collective cry of Sodom, which is the people who are being oppressed in Sodom, has gone up to God and it has become full. When it becomes full, at that time, this is not now an individual sin. That's the sin of a city. That city has to be destroyed with the good people in it. Why? Because now we are dealing with the soul of the city. We're not dealing with individuals. You say, God should come and, and maybe pick those who are doing. No, that's not how it works. Because a city, Bible says, glorious things are spoken of the old city. A city is also a person. <laughs> so, while all that is going on in Sodom, Abraham is a righteous man. Now, Papa is going to destroy Sodom. But because he is a merciful God, he first of all branches by Abraham's house. Trying to get Abraham to pray. Because if Abraham prays, he cannot put that. Okay, for example, why do you think that in the new covenant, God, God does not react? When people insult him, they do anything. Old Testament, sharp, sharp, quick. <laughs> new Testament, he does not react. Why doesn't he react? Because when Jesus ascended, you know the day Mary Magdalene was going to touch him, he said, don't touch me, I am not ascending. He was ascending with his blood. So right now, on the mercy seat on which the throne is, the blood is there, it is evidence that he cannot just react. So there's evidence that he can't react. Because Jesus died for everyone, so he can't react. So, well, because his nature is messy, Sodom is doing many wrong things, but he wants them to also change. So, he's going to... Genesis. 19. Look at this. No, I'll, I'll, I'll read it. I'll read, I'll read the verse very soon. Just hold on. <sighs> Go on. Passes by Abraham's house and says, Abraham. Abraham. I'm going to destroy Sodom. I think if, he, if he's really a destructive God, he doesn't have to pass by Abraham's house. He doesn't have to get there and just destroy everything. Nobody can ask him anything. But he passed by Abraham's house and says, um, I want to destroy this place. What do you think? He says, if you find this number of people, he says, he says if I find that number, even though everybody is bad there, I will still not destroy the place. Then Abraham starts negotiating. What about this number? What about this number? Abraham stopped negotiating. Why? Because I'm sure Abraham was, was, was um, assuming that at least we should have that number. At least a lot is there. By this time, he should have preached. He should have won some souls. <laughs> he didn't win any souls. So now, after God listened to Abraham, listen to Abraham. Do you know that he still... Now, he has to destroy the whole Sodom. But he still came through for Saul in a way. And it was because of Abraham's prayer. Look at verse 16, Genesis 19. I want to see, I want you to see what mercy looks like. He says, and while he lingered, because the place about to destroy, Lot is still lingering. 
Oh, he doesn't want to leave the place. Lot, I don't know what Sodom did to Lot. Because Lot was so invested in Sodom. Eh? See, in Genesis chapter 14, so, um, Lot was kidnapped by Shedolohoma. He was kidnapped. When he was kidnapped, it was Abraham that went to release him from the kidnapping. He still went back to Sodom. I don't know what is wrong with this guy. At least after you have been released from your kidnapping, you should have said, ah, uncle, please, thank you. Let me follow you back home. He still went back. Now, he did not want to leave. So while he lingered, what says, while he lingered, the men, oh my God. So break it, Look at what Abraham's prayer has done. Because the angels were there. He says, while he lingered, he didn't want to go. He was being, but the angels know that he, the place will destroy soon. He said, while he lingered, the men laid hand upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife. They laid their hand upon him and of his two daughters. Bible said, the Lord be merciful unto him. So literally like forced him out of the place. You see, when prayers are made for you, when, when there's intercession for you, God will literally force some things on you. Woe unto you if no one is praying for you. Woe unto you if no one is praying for you. Go and pick two people from them. Take them away from Sodom. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Mercy. Thank you so much. You are not Sodom. You are a positive. Four intercessions we'll do tonight. Four intercessions we'll do tonight. Number one, we will pray for the nation. Do you know, I want you to take today's prayer so serious because someone depends on your prayer tonight. There's someone, someone who depends on your prayer tonight. Number one, we're praying for the nation. Boy, I can say a lot about intercession, the protocols of intercession. During the time I was praying with the cell leaders for the past, for the three weeks, I was teaching them on intercession. See, don't think being a president is easy. Let me give you a, a, a very good example. <laughs> Imagine a president who doesn't have the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, ask parents, they will tell you, you are, you are a father, you have just five children, so that's your country. Hey, are you sure you are there? You, have a, you are a father, you have five children, that's a whole country for you. You are insulting the president too, but the five children, the last born is trying to implicate the first born for not giving him food yesterday. Because he did something wrong. You go, daddy, daddy, please. This is the reason. This is the reason. Where, what, what, what? 
yesterday. He slapped me. Meanwhile, I slapped him four times. Are you getting it? Then the second one will say that, that, that is why I saw them, I saw them fighting. I saw them, them. no, at that time, do you know that you are going to react based on who came first? No, if you have been in a house and this has happened before, you know what I'm talking about. Then your father came and was angry at you. But he didn't hear the full story. In only, it's only in a few homes that they'll sit everybody, that everybody say your story. <laughs> I, I, are you seeing? But there are inconsistencies in the story. There are things that are happening in there. It's because one is closer to the father and he has said something. So now there is chaos. So imagine a whole nation. Now I want to help you to understand what being a president looks like. Imagine you're a whole nation and the people surrounding you are all looking for money. You can be a good man. They will make you get into error. They will come and say, president, <laughs> see, the COVID yeah, is killing people. People are dead. You need to address the whole nation now. All the citizens, half are dead. <laughs> Fellow Ghanaians, we are going through a lot. Did he see everybody going through a lot? No. It is somebody went to say something. So when we are praying for the president, it's very important. It's very important. Because one misinformation will make him make a policy that will affect people. The first thing people are thinking about is their party. Not their party. We are all in the nation. One wrong advice and that's it. Mr. President, we need to allow different, different um, uh, genders. No, because the nation... And meanwhile, the person talking has been influenced by one outside country and told him that if you're able to get the president to do, we give you a million dollars. And he knows that he has the ears of the president. Say, Mr. President, see, these genders, they don't destroy anything. See, rather, it will cause a problem if we don't agree. If he keeps saying it and keeps saying it and keeps saying it, the president might give in. So when we begin to pray for those who make laws, we need to pray for the president. We need to pray for all these people. What we are doing is that we are creating the right circumstances. There's something I was supposed to say about intercession. I'll say it in a bit. Intercession will not save Andy while Frank is praying. It will not save him. Rather, because now there's another influence, it will create the opportunities for him to be able to now be saved without hindrance. Because you cannot intercede for the person and the person will come born again as a result of intercession. He will still hear the gospel and still have to believe. But then the circumstances surrounding it are different. So when we begin to pray for the president, we begin to pray for the, for the nation, what happens? The circumstances surrounding the president begin to change. He begins to hear things objectively. He begins to act objectively. He begins to take the right decisions. Let me tell you, a lot of presidents, when they started, they actually started well. After a while, different things come in. People around them with their own interests begin to infiltrate the whole thing. Many of them, when they came into power, it's like, ah, we are going to, we are going to change things. We are going to shake things. Then they started. They started. After a while, you know, the heart of man desperately became wicked. Thank you. 
So we'll pray for the nation. Come on, say, ah, what would that do for me? The Bible says that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. That's number one. Second intercession, we're going to pray for the unsaved, the untaught, and the unchurched. People are thinking, ah, Pastor Enoch, you should have raised, you should have raised, um, prayer point about breakthrough. Ah, like the way I would pray. <laughs> Listen, if you don't understand this, there's a lot you don't understand. Third prayer point. Now, the unsaved, the unchurched, maybe I'll show you a scripture. Second Corinthians 4, verse 3. But if our gospel were to be healed, it is head to them that are lost. Bible calls the people who are not born again. He said it calls them lost. They are lost. Have you seen a man who's lost before? Who has seen a man who's lost before? He's lost. He's just walking. When the man realizes he's lost, he's not lost. Because from that time, he starts making inquiries and stuff. He's not lost. He's, he can find a way. A lost man, is he does not know where he's going. Where, where he is, he's the wrong place. He's lost. He's just going confidently. <laughs> where are you going? My way to Kaswa. Meanwhile, he's getting close to Osu. Where are you going? Yeah, I, I know where I'm going. No, Kaswa is just behind the sea. He's lost. Bible says, if our gospel be hid, that means we can be preaching it, but it is hid. It says, it is hid to them that are lost. Verse 4. Of whom, or in whom, the God of this world, talking about Satan, he said, had blinded their mind. They are blinded. Blinded. He has blindfolded them. So they can, they can argue with you from morning to evening. Jesus Christ is a black. Jesus Christ is from Jamaica. These whites are deceiving you. Unnecessary argument. Why are you going to church? The pastors are collecting your money. Topic for another day. They are lost. So sometimes, you don't even engage such people in a conversation. They are just lost. Like I said, how much explanation can you give a blind man about the sun? He's blind. You say, there is something called sun. It's round. So he say, no, it's lying. I've not seen anything like that. He has not seen it. You can explain it. They are saved. The unchurched and the untaught. The third set of people we want to pray for. Are you sure you're here? We will pray for the brethren of the church. Like Epaphras said, 
He said, like Paul said concerning Epaphras, he said, Epaphras, who is one of you, a fellow laborer, he said, he's, 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 he's laboring in prayer. He said that you will stand perfect and complete on the will of God. Let me tell you something. A Christian, a Christian who has nobody praying for him, <laughs> the things you will encounter, you'll not be able to understand it. There are some people you will see them, their businesses are flourishing. Every move they make is making, is, is going. You, you think, ah, this guy is very smart. No, somebody is praying for him. Me, I know one person who is praying for me. At least, if there's nobody in this world praying for me, my mother is praying for me. Everything I do is just going. If I, I start thinking that, oh, it's because I'm very powerful, I, I, I'm, I'm deceiving myself. Many years ago, as when I was a PCF leader in church, My mom called me one day. She said, while she was praying for me, she saw a vision that something, 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 something was going to happen. I said, oh, this is your dreams, 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 dreams. See? You must be full of faith. Of faith. Say, so, oh, she, she's telling me. She's telling me. It happened dito, dito. When I called her, I said, the dream was the end. <laughs> She said at the end of the dream, she lashed the person. I said, thank you. <laughs> Let me tell you. What I'm saying is, that my mom, again, because Pastor Brown follows me to the house. 2020, my mom was praying again. She says, while she was praying for me, she saw Pastor Brown. And so, 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 had happened to him. Something bad. I said, eh. Now, at this time, I've learned my lesson. I said, eh. Okay, sure. You know, people who care about you, God will give them dreams for you. God will put you on their hearts. That's why I was saying, I said, if you are, you are not in a cell, and your cell doesn't care about you, Something's about to happen. Nobody's praying for you. And if you, if you have a cell leader who is lazy, sorry. 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 If you have one that wakes up at midnight to pray for you, you will see your life. I'm not saying after you go and see your cell leader, my life is because of you. <laughs> Less than two months. Whatever my mom saw happened to Pastor Brown. But at the end of their dream too, it was good. So, so they had to bring Pastor Brown to me. I had to bring him to me. And I dealt with the thing. You have to pray for the brethren. If we pray for the brethren, they will win. They will win in the city. Are you listening? They will, they, will, they will attempt a business to work. They will do something to work. And sometimes, some of them will foolishly think it is, their, it is them. They don't know it is their prayers. He says, Epaphras, Colossians chapter 4. Verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you? So, 
Epaphras is not, you understand? One, one of the key things about intercession is that he has to be one of you. The person must be in your shoes. He's, he, he's like, like your cell leader. He's one of you. Your PCF that he's one of you. Epaphras, who is one of you? A servant of Christ saluted you. He said, always, oh. Epaphras was with Paul, all right? While Paul was writing the letter, Epaphras said, please greet them for me. Oh, Epaphras. Be an Epaphras from today. No, some people don't want to be Epaphras. They want to be King Nebuchadnezzar. He said, Epaphras, who is one of you? A servant of Christ. He said, he's greeting you. Epaphras said, greet them for me. He said, why? Always laboring fervently. I'm not, not, not praying when he said, it's time to pray for the brethren. For the brethren, for their business to prosper. You know, that's what some people do. Let's pray for the brand business to prosper. Oh boy, I remember. In the choir, when I was in the choir many, many years ago, when I was in the choir, there was a group of girls. And that is what should be happening. Not gathering to gossip. A group of girls. There were about four to five. They gathered together and they were praying every night for the music ministers in the church. While those prayers are going on, every night they will gather together. Let's pray. Let's pray for the brethren. Let's pray for those who are in business. Let's pray for those who are doing, doing the job. We are praying that they will prosper. They will pray. pray. Remember, it will not put money in your pocket, but it will create the environment and the circumstances for you to do business better. So when it's time to pray for the brethren, he says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. He said, why is he praying that prayer? He said, that he may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So, in the whole church of Colos, if they are standing perfect and complete in the will of God, they'll think they are good Christians. No, it is Epaphras. It's Epaphras. Epaphras. Number four, fourth intercessory prayer. Paul said, pray for me that I'll be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. We don't pray for our pastors. We don't pray for our pastors. I was showing, I was showing my wife a video because I, I was talking to her about intercession. I showed her a video. There was a great man of God who died in a plane crash. A year before he died, he was teaching them on intercession and he told them, he said, some of you, the Holy Ghost will put in your heart, pray for Pastor Miles, pray for Pastor Miles, you will not pray. He said, a year later, you hear he has died in a plane crash. Exactly what happened. That means the man was being prophetic. Are you listening? It means the man was being prophetic. And that means there's somebody in the congregation. You know, sometimes, I said, when we get to heaven, I was telling um, my pastor friend in Seychelles, I said, when we get to heaven, God will ask many Christians why they made their pastors, of course, me never, why they made their pastors die. Why? Because there's this notion, there's this notion that, oh, Pastor, oh, pastor, powerful pastor. It's a powerful man. Pastor does not need prayers. The pastor should be praying for us. 
No, you got it wrong. Paul said, pray for us that we'll be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. There was a, 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 a big pastor who they brought his, some people were talking and they were talking about him, that he has gone to do something. He has a he had big congregation. And oh, he has gone to do this, this. So we were talking about, how can a pastor do this? How can a pastor, you were a child. Who in his right mind, after building a church of that caliber, want to destroy it? He just succumbed to the wrong energies. Who was praying for him? The principle is, smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. When the devil is looking for all of you, he doesn't look, look for you, he comes to look for me. And something I would say, let us pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Oh boy. There are some people, there are some people in church who are always praying for me. Manuel, thank you. Always praying for me. Always praying for me. Why don't I pray for myself? There's something about a pastor. It's so hard to pray for yourself. Like Paul said, that would come upon me. Thank you. He said, the care of all the churches. It's so hard for you to pray for yourself. I remember last year, at the beginning of last year, I sensed many attacks on me. I sensed it in the spirit. I was in a PCL days meeting. I said, I sensed some attacks. And I said, okay, who would like to pray for me? Then a few people gathered. They started praying for me. The moment they started praying for me, back to back attacks. Back to back. Back to back. They said some young pastors have gone to do something and they put my picture there. Am I the one? In, the, in what they are saying, they, they are say, stating clearly that it's not me, but they put my picture. What I do? When you are, when you are an amateur spirit, you will think, oh, they hate him. No, they are being influenced. It's an attack. They pray for your pastor. Oh, there's a certain pastor. He said that his marriage is not going the way. So yeah, in life, you must... Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Pray. A church that my parents used to attend many years ago, around the 1980s, there was a man of God, a very powerful man of God in this country at that time. Very powerful man of God in, the, in, the, in this country at that time. He, ha, he had a large following. He had a big church. He was doing massive things. Massive crusades in this country. That man used to walk into shrines and clear the shrine and walk out. Nothing happened to him. That's how powerful he was. He died in a car accident. He was deliberately killed. Who was praying? Because in their mind, he, he has all faith. He should pray for them. No, to pray for your pastors. 